Welcome to the Zen for Real Life podcast. This is Dogo in the City Cave in Glasgow. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my website is dogozen.co.uk and my email address is dogo at fastmail.fm. The late, great Glasgow poet Tom Leonard has a book called Outside the Narrative and Tom Leonard remarked the, that was how he uh, wanted to live, that he was trying to live outside the narrative. He certainly wasn't a Zen practitioner, but I can think of few better uh, definitions of the enlightened life, of living the Buddha way, than living outside of the narrative. Narratives of use are useful, but when we let them define our lives, they separate us from our lives and we really don't understand what's going on. Now, I'm a person who thinks almost entirely in uh, narratives. I write novels and have done, I've been a novelist for more than 30 years now. And narratives are useful. I like them in books, but they're not real. They can't be real. And when we take a narrative, when we tell ourselves a story about what's actually happening or has happened in our lives, we turn away from life and turn into fiction, no matter how accurate, no matter how factually accurate the story we're telling might be. Even a factually accurate story isn't a true story. It can't be just because it's a story. So many people talk about how they struggle with anger and many, many people um, take up meditation to uh, try to deal with their anger or you know, uh, stop being angry which of course never works. I mean, what's the best way to make someone angry? Just say to them, hey, come on, don't be angry. Calm down. Anytime anyone said that to you, how have you responded? Don't tell me not to be angry. I'm not angry. Who are you calling angry? But anger itself isn't what causes our uh, destructive behaviour. It's the story we tell ourselves about the anger. So when something happens, when someone does or says something that upsets you, there's maybe a second of just anger. And if you could stay in that second, if you could lengthen that second and not impose a story on it, or let, not let a story grow out of it, it wouldn't be harmful. But of course, that's not what we do. There's that second of anger, and then the narrative gets started. You know, I can't believe he said that. You know what I mean? And he always does this. He always, you know, I've told him, and he always does this. And look what he did last week and last year. And look at what he did to so-and-so. You know, he just obviously just doesn't care and doesn't respect me and, 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 and. And we're no longer in our life. 
it no longer has anything to do with uh, what happened or with the, um, the feeling that arose from what happened because we're now living inside the narrative. Now I find um, with my propensity for narrative I find that, you know, something will happen, maybe some incident that I'm involved in, you know, um, seemingly negative or seemingly positive, you know, uh, doesn't really matter. And then as I tell people about it, maybe I'm telling people who weren't there uh, what happened. And so that becomes a narrative. And after I've told the story a few times, I believe it. that's become my view of what happened, my version of what happened, but I've forgotten that it's a version of what happened, and I believe it's just the truth. You know, even if it's factually accurate, it still can't be the truth, but I believe it is because I've told it often enough. And this is what happens when we make a narrative, we make a habit of um, believing the narratives. And one of the most dangerous mistakes we can make is trusting our own perceptions, uh, trusting our own memories, or believing in them entirely, making them absolute. So I'm not saying you should let someone gaslight you and accept somebody else's reality rather than your own. What I'm saying is when we see what's actually going on, when we meet life as it is, when we see life as it is through the eyes of the Buddha, we don't believe other people's realities, but we also don't believe our own. And we have so many certainties that just turn out to be fictions. A good example of that is uh, I once read an article uh, by um, a Zen teacher describing uh, his experience with cancer, which he recovered from. And I was profoundly affected uh, by, the, uh, by the article. And so what I said to myself and to others for you know, a few years after it is that I could remember so vividly reading that article, I remembered lying on my couch in my living room in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was living at the time. And I remember it was the afternoon. And I remember reading that article and being very, very uh, moved by it. So maybe a decade later, I um, uh, became friends with the, uh, the teacher who uh, wrote the article, and I remarked to him uh, where, I, like, you know, uh, where I had been, I could remember every detail of what I was doing when I read the article. And even though I remembered it vividly, and I still remember it vividly, it was a total fiction because the article was published a couple of years after I left Phoenix, Arizona, I was actually living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, when I read it, because when the, when that's when the article was published, and I read it in the magazine when it first came out. And 
I hadn't taken that couch with me to Chattanooga. I'd left it back in Phoenix. So I was no longer living in Phoenix. I didn't have that couch to lie on. And yet I remember with certainty lying on that couch in my apartment in Phoenix, Arizona, reading that article. So I remember something that never happened. My friend hadn't developed cancer when I was living in uh, Phoenix, you know. And of course, I trusted my own, um, my own memory, my own delusion so much that I actually wanted to argue with him about when he had cancer. I thought I knew more about his life than he did. And I will admit that um, I went and looked up the date of publication of the article. And of course, he was right. My memory was wrong. Now, that's a comical example because it's um, it's a fairly trivial misremembering. Just you know, not remembering where I was when I was reading a magazine article. But how is that different from what we do in the rest of our lives? Our feuds, our grudges, so much of our suffering, really all of our suffering, comes not from what's going on, but from the narrative we create around it. We make someone right and somebody else wrong. Usually it's ourselves we make right and the person who's displeasing us we make wrong. Or we make um, someone that we dislike wrong and someone we like right in the um, like in whatever conflict there is. Then we invest in that and we believe it. And it becomes a narrative. We repeat it to others. We repeat it to ourselves. And it becomes what happened. It becomes the truth with a capital T. So how would life be if we took Tom Leonard's advice and tried to live outside the narrative? That doesn't mean that we don't have stories. You know, narrative stories are how we get through our day. Where did you go for lunch? What did you have for lunch? What did you do yesterday? That's that's fine. That's how we uh, organise our day. It's how we organise our lives. It's how we go about our lives. But when it becomes a story, when it becomes something we believe in, rather than... Um, just um, the reported facts of the day then we run into trouble then we'll start causing harm to others harm to ourselves because when we believe that life is one way then we don't let it be another way when we believe another person is a certain way we don't let them be any other way no matter what they do, no matter how much they actually might be another way, when we believe we're a certain way, we don't let ourselves be any other way, even if we actually are. And if we... Um, and we would know it if we were only paying attention, but no, we're stuck in the idea of how it is. 
We're stuck in our narrative. We're living within the narrative. Now, of course, the danger of um, trying to live outside the narrative is that we can just make that one more narrative. So my story is now that I don't have a story. I'm not, or my story that I believe now is that I'm not believing a story. <laughs> because this is this is what we do. This is just um, like uh, how uh, the um, linear discursive mind works. It's how the ego works. The ego wants a story. Because if the ego has stories it can believe in, then it can believe in its own existence. It can believe it's real. And the ego doesn't want to live outside of the narrative because if the narrative is not real, then the ego is not real. The self is not real. And the self is terrified of discovering that it's not real. So, let go of the narrative. Let's open our hands. Let go of the narrative and not grasp onto something else not fill the empty space with something else, with another narrative. Just let the space be empty and see what we notice, see what's there. Try when sitting in meditation, repeating to yourself like a mantra, no narrative, no narrative and when thoughts about how there's no narrative come up and start forming a narrative just note it and say no narrative no narrative no story just this just this just this